This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello and welcome to Saver, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we've got an episode for you about pimento cheese. Such an episode. <laughs> Such Goodness. an episode. You know, I, this is a shockingly long outline for something that I thought a few weeks ago, like, could we make a whole episode out of this? The answer is yes. Absolutely yes. It turns out uh, people have a lot to say. About pimento cheese. Gosh, they do. I love it. (laughs) Yes, yes. And we were following up on uh, the listener request that we read, uh, I believe in our listener mail, a couple of episodes back um, for pimento cheese. And as I said in response to that, um, my family loves pimento cheese. It was sort of a rare special occasion food in our house. Okay. Um, Yeah, we usually got it homemade from like local markets, especially if we'd stop at a farmer's market or something while traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, in my experience, is usually chunkier and brighter than the stuff that you would get at the store. Um, and I actually do like pimento cheese in small amounts, um, despite the mayo. Oh, sure. Okay. It, yeah. If the mayo flavor is strong, I do not like it. Also, I feel like it's just a very rich food, so I have a hard time Consuming eating. large amounts of it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a food that I cannot really eat because one of the ingredients is sweet peppers, which uh, give me all kinds of problems. Uh, so so I do not consume it. The day that I realized what pimentos are, our day that I had pimento cheese in a food. And I was like, wait, hold oh, up. No. <laughs> what are what are pimentos? That was a it was a bad Uh-oh. day. Oh, it's okay. no. If only we had done this episode before that. 
<laughs> this was a long heckin' time ago. This was this was very long ago, but uh, way way before uh, even food stuff, even even before we were calling it eat stuff. <laughs> so, which all of our folders are still called eat stuff, which is very <laughs> funny to me. It was never officially called that. <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> and yet, and yet, uh, yeah. This is also a food that I did not grow up with. I don't believe that I was aware of its existence until I moved to Atlanta. Mm. Yeah. So like like many Southern foods, uh, uh, the part of Florida that I'm from is not the South. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, April 9th is apparently National Pimento Cheese Day. So okay. it has a national day that we whisked right by. We did, as per usual. Sometimes we get it, but usually we don't. Um, and uh, see our cream cheese episode, because that one actually is pretty informative to mm-hmm. to this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and other cheese episodes. And our mayo episode, if you want to hear a lot of vitriol from me <laughs> about how I despise mayonnaise. Oh, wow. Yeah. After mm-hmm. our after our Dr Pepper sponsorship, I wonder if we could get a Mayo brand to sponsor us and to torture ourselves with trying to please another sponsor <laughs> that <laughs> that you objectively dislike the product of. <laughs> I have a some Dr Pepper in my fridge, and it's the source of great <laughs> anger uh, that was sent to me. <laughs> I did not buy it. Never. No, no. Mm-mm. As a thank you, I think for doing for doing that ad read, they wanted you yes. to have some. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Any companies out there, Mayo companies, don't you want to advertise with us? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I would give a glowing review to Dukes any day, any day. <laughs> I would sit silently in the background. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, but I suppose this brings us to our question. Yes. <laughs> Pimento cheese. What is it? Well, uh, pimento cheese is a type of sandwich spread that can include, it can include many things, but uh, but at its base, it's uh, shredded cheese and chopped pimento peppers and some kind of creamy binder uh, to to create a, a thick and slightly chunky, but yeah, like just spreadable consistency. So. Let's let's break that down. Um, the cheese is often a uh, shredded, short-aged, semi-hard, tangy cheese like cheddar, um, often a blend of white and orange cheddars and or similar cheeses like Colby or Jack or um, even processed cheeses like Velveeta. The pimentos. These are uh, usually jarred or canned sweet peppers, uh, which will have been uh, peeled and cooked, uh, no seeds. Yeah, pimentos are a type of sweet pepper that turn just bright orangey red when they're ripe, um, whereupon they are sweet and just a tiny bit tangy, like like little to no bitterness or vegetal flavors in there. Uh, you can also use pickled peppers or uh, roast your own sweet peppers of whatever variety you choose. Uh, the binder is, yes, often mayo, often Duke's brand towards the East Coast and uh, Blue Plate brand uh, more towards like Louisiana. Sometimes cream cheese may be involved as well. And right, you generally want to use just enough to stick everything together, but not enough to like make a sandwich kind of soggy or drippy. Right. 
Also, most people will say that you don't want to overmix the ingredients or it'll get kind of mushy, which isn't the idea. <laughs> Sometimes. I'm like trying to go through my Rolodex of pimento cheese experiences. <laughs> <laughs> It, it can it can vary pretty widely. And speaking of, to this base, any number of seasonings may be added. Uh, salt and pepper, onion powder, or freshly grated onion, or green onions, or garlic, uh, Worcestershire sauce, hot sauce, apple cider vinegar, lemon juice, paprika, cayenne pepper, chili powder, uh, chili sauce like a sriracha, a horseradish, mustard. It can also feature kind of like guest star mix-ins. Um, like jalapenos or fresh sweet pepper, dill pickles, bacon, smoked gouda, blue cheese, parmesan, toasted pecans, chopped pimento stuffed olives. I've seen one recipe call for prosciutto. Whoa. Right? That's that's like a star cameo. It's <laughs> <laughs> that heckin' Fancy pimento cheese. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it does pop visually um, with, with, the, with the red pimentos contrasted against the pale orange um, cheese and stuff. Yeah, it does. But I did see this video right before when I, was, when I was looking up how to pronounce something. And they did a slow zoom in on pimento cheese and the lighting just wasn't great. And there was oh. no music. And I was like, oh, this is a very awkward... <laughs> I feel strange watching this. <laughs> it um like like many foods, it you do have to have decent lighting to make it look not like slimy. Food can have that like sheen <laughs> to it. Yes. That yes. can be very unappetizing <laughs> depending on the photographic quality. Um <laughs> anyway, in real life it usually looks nice, usually. Yes. But but yeah, so so the result can vary sort of impressively in flavor. And everyone has a version that they say is the best. And furthermore, a ratio of cheese to binder that they say is correct. Mm-hmm. And if they sell it, no, you cannot have their recipe. Don't you know it's a family secret? Um, <laughs> but... What you've basically got here is a is a creamy, tangy comfort food that that pairs well with other savory foods, um, but could also stand on its own. Alone, it's usually served uh, chilled on white bread to form a simple sandwich or as a dip for vegetables or crackers, Ritz preferably. But it can also be served as a grilled sandwich or a warm dip. And on warm dishes like burgers or other hot sandwiches, on fried green tomatoes, on baked potatoes or in other potato dishes, um, in egg dishes like omelets, in grits, in mac and cheese, in savory baked goods, in casseroles. You can make balls of it and then bread them and then deep fry them and then just eat them. Bless your heart. Of course you can. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you can. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I would just get like a spoonful and I'd have one spoonful and I was done. And that was it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, these days, it is very much a Southern thing. Um, it's sometimes called the Carolina caviar and or the pate of the South. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a popular topping at some iconic Atlanta restaurants like the Varsity, Homegrown, and the Vortex. According to the country's main producer of canned pimentos, Moody Dunbar, most of their sales do take place in the South, with the Carolinas being their top consumers. So, eating all this pimento cheese, what about the nutrition? (laughs) 
Uh, well, uh, you know, cheese and mayonnaise and or other binders are, you know, calorically dense foods. Um, and you're not really getting enough pimento in there to like really see a nutrient boost. Also, vegetables that have been canned tend to lose uh, a bunch of their original nutrients. Always choose fresh or frozen vegetables when you can. Uh, but pimento cheese does have a good punch of protein and fat, so it'll fill you up and help keep you going. You know, eat a eat a vegetable, a real Always. vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're talking about the pimentos, but cheese doesn't count as a vegetable? Cheese, Ridiculous. No, neither does cream cheese, neither does mayonnaise. Well, I also love that, like, I think at the places I mentioned, the restaurants that put it on as a topping, it's always the really southern dish that you can get. And so it often has, like, a fried green tomato, pimento cheese. Probably some bacon. (laughs) Fried bacon. And then, like, the burger patty or whatever. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. It is often a lot. It it, it It is a celebratory food. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Um, we do have some numbers for you. Yeah. Um, uh, pimento cheese, uh, as you may have garnered from, uh, from the description above, is often homemade, but you can buy prepackaged versions. Um, and the FDA does have codes for pasteurized processed pimento cheese, which dictate that the weight of the pimentos shall be not less than 0.2% of the total weight of the finished product. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the nitty gritty. <laughs> so technically, very little pimento needs to go into <laughs> pimento cheese. Very little. <laughs> um, South Carolina-based Palmetto Cheese is America's top cheese spread company, and you can get a pimento cheese passport in South Carolina. Like when you enter, if you want to go on a <laughs> pimento cheese trail. They have that option for you. Uh, that's great. Um, as of 2019, um, the brand Palmetto Cheese was sold in over 9,000 grocery stores in 40 states. Yes. Um, but they recently got in some hot water when the founder called Black Lives Matter a terrorist organization. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, he later apologized after Costco removed the product from their shelves and people boycotted it. Um, boycotted the product. The company also began phasing out their mascot, which in a similar vein to Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben, relied on racist stereotypes. This is all ongoing. Well, hey, progress, progress, slow progress that probably should have been made earlier, but I'm I'm always glad when progress happens. Mm -hmm. Um, According to Kevin Clark, co-owner of Atlanta restaurant Homegrown, They go through about 50 to 60 pounds or 22.6 to 27.2 kilograms of pimento cheese per week. And I believe he discussed how originally he didn't put it on the menu, but people kept asking about it. And so finally he was like, okay, I'll try it on the menu. And then it became like a top selling item. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Homegrown is a uh, a breakfast slash diner kind of place um, uh, local here in Atlanta. And right, right. It's It's a very... A very small, very homey, but very iconic Atlanta restaurant. Yes, yes, yes. Um, We just missed the Pimento Cheese Festival in North Carolina. Oh, no. Um, There's a Pimento Cheese Eating Contest, which sounds awful to me for many reasons, (laughs) but especially like the heat. Oh, no. Goodness. Um, And there's a sculpting contest, which I'm way more into. Wow. (laughs) Yes. And I really like this quote from food writer Ann Byrne, who did a whole piece on pimento cheese. Pimento cheese is just that, 
cheese, peppers, and possibilities. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there have been a lot of shifting uh, parts in the story of pimento cheese. There have been, and we are going to get into that history, but first we are going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so I just want to put in here, I love all of the extreme headlines for the history of pimento cheese. We're talking like the shocking history. <laughs> you won't believe the history. <laughs> the sandwich controversy that rocked the masters. Yeah. I mean, cheese is a big deal. I 100% agree. Yeah. But I was like, what am I getting into here? <laughs> People have strong feelings about this stuff. They do. And as the headline suggests, there is some debate about the history of this one, particularly its origins. Um, And as you might imagine, pinning down the specifics of when a spreadable cheese, mayo, and sweet pepper mixture, whenever that first occurred, uh, that's tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, According to Robert Moss at Serious Eats, who did a whole piece on this, and it was very helpful. A lot of this is informed by it. Go check it out if you want to learn more about pimento cheese. It, believe it or not, there's even more than what we're putting in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this iconic Southern food was actually invented in New York. 
in the 1870s, a product of industrialization, um, which is where a lot of the controversy comes in. But Moss himself was like, you know, now that I think about it, that's really not food does this all the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 So, as we discussed in our cream cheese episode, at this time, farmers in the North were making soft, unripened cheeses inspired by French Neufchatel, um, and Philadelphia became the city primarily associated with these American cream cheeses, and the Kraft Cheese Company eventually acquired the top producer, Phoenix Cheese, with their Philadelphia brand cream cheese. Simultaneously, a new product became available in the Americas— Spanish imported sweet red peppers. In her 1887 book, Miss Perloa's Kitchen Companion, the author described them as much milder than bell peppers and that they were delicious when stuffed and baked. Um, within the next few years, these peppers were being sold canned, um, introducing them and the Spanish name pimientos to a larger consumer base. The I in that word was, for the most part, dropped by the beginning of the 20th century. Though I do still see it sometimes in, in, in these are modern internet days, and I'm very confused every time I do. See, I thought it was another scuppernog situation where I was, like, am I, <laughs> have I been misspelling it this whole time, and it's a southern pronunciation that I've just <laughs> absorbed. But yes. I guess both do still exist. It can get confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, one group in particular were big fans of both of these uh, new to America products. Domestic science or home economics practitioners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was a social movement run by women with a primary focus of increasing efficiency in the home using science, <laughs> particularly when it came to cooking. Um, and they were also concerned with having a good-looking dinner table. They liked new scientific innovations in the food space, like cream cheese. The fact that it was white, which in their minds symbolized purity, was just another plus. Um, they came up with all kinds of recipes to use cream cheese. And yes, they loved canned pimentos, too. The mild flavor, coupled with the eye-catching color, the Boston Cooking School magazine featured a recipe for a cauliflower and pimento salad in 1899, noting, On account of their brilliant color, pimentos are a pleasing addition to many a salad, and when used sparingly, their sweet, mild flavor is usually relished. I like the usually in there. Usually. usually. Oh, you know. Not always. Could be anything. <laughs> Could be, could be. And I just want to put in here, I had to take home ec in high school, and I was furious. I'm still mad about it. I know how to crack an egg. I might not do it with finesse, but I can do it. I wanted to take auto 101, but no. Anyway, what? my outrage segment. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, I, okay, so I also had a home ec class for like a quarter, a single quarter of a year. In middle school, but it was alongside like I, there was another quarter that was like a like a robotics course uh, and another oh. quarter that was like music appreciation or something. Getting angrier and angrier. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so not long after all of this, people were adding pimentos and cream cheese together like in 1908. 
There was this good housekeeping recipe for a sandwich filling made up of cream cheese, chives, mustard, and minced up pimentos. Eva Green Fuller's 1909 up-to-date sandwich book contained a simple recipe for a pimento cheese sandwich. Combine cream cheese and canned pimentos and serve between bread. Easy. Um, leading up to and directly after World War I, a lot of very similar recipes to that one were published. Manufacturers saw an opportunity to make money with a new product. So they started adding chopped pimentos with a little bit of red pepper in Neufchatel curds and began selling it in 1910. And this was popular enough that it went nationwide fairly quickly. For example, an ad from that very same year out of Minnesota read, Pimento cheese, something new. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love it. Straight to the point. (laughs) Okay. While the primary manufacturers were located in Wisconsin and New York, it only took a year for the product to start showing up in the western and southern United States. An ad out of Augusta, Georgia claimed, Pimento cheese, you know how fine it is. This is good. With a period. I love that so much. And it was sold either in slice form or by the jar. Speaking of the South, the South was the hub of the pimento canning industry while all of this was happening. Uh Spanish imported pimentos could be quite expensive, so farmers associated with the Georgia Experiment Station began trying their hand at domestic cultivation in 1911. They requested seeds from the Spanish consulate, and they were the first American farmers to cultivate them that we know of in 1916. This resulted in the True Heart Perfection pimento, also great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They also innovated around a roaster that sped up the process of peeling the peppers. This, in turn, led to the growth of the pimento industry in the area. And we're talking 25,000 acres dedicated to cultivating pimentos by 1938, churning out 10 million cans that were shipped all across the country. A former teacher and seed salesman started canning company Moody Dunbar, which we mentioned at the top, in Tennessee in 1933, and they handled most of this pimento canning. The company also made and sold a canned pimento cheese spread that was fairly easy to find in the South, but not necessarily affordable to everyone. Also, possibly not accessible in rural areas, really rural areas. Yeah, yeah. Some speculate this is why pimento cheese is so synonymous with the South. Um, The height of pimento production from the 1920s to 1940s does line up with an explosion in popularity of pimento cheese. And of course... The two things could be related. The increased availability and lower cost of pimentos, meaning that more pimento cheese is being made and sold at lower prices. Whatever the case, by the 1900s, southern farmers had experimented and perfected their own varieties of pimento cheese, and it was fairly easy to find in the South. Still, in all the hundreds of recipes published prior to World War II, none of them make it out to be a southern thing. It was described as more of a technical innovation or Hmm. a scientific food breakthrough. Very modern. Um, Great on a sandwich for a quick, easy, satisfying lunch. Most of these recipes called for store-bought pimento cheese, so it wasn't really a thing most home cooks were making, or at least that's not what was in the recipe Not in the literature, Yeah. 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 
Pimento cheese's popularity declined after World War II, and some of the brands faded away entirely, some of these brands making pimento cheese. Um, but those southern farmers and cooks continued to make and sell homemade pimento cheese as the manufactured options grew less and less. Robert Wilbanks wrote in his work, Gadsden, Alabama, Stories of the Great Depression, the pimento cheese did not come from a store, but was made at home by cutting and mixing hoop cheese and pimentos from a jar. And that's probably how a lot of Southerners made it. Um, pimentos were ubiquitous in the region, and you could get a lot of hoop cheese for not that much money. Possibly rural areas didn't have easy access to manufactured pimento cheese if it was available at all. So they had to make it themselves. Um, yeah, and a uh, uh, note on hoop cheese. Uh, hoop cheese is a is a type of fresh cheese made by pressing cheese curds in a in a hoop um, to remove the watery liquids. That is the way until you're left with a um, a kind of firm but like still soft cheese, um, and then it's not aged, so it stays soft. Uh, it's creamier than a cheddar, more like American cheese, but not so processed. Yeah, right. And using hoop cheese and store-bought cheeses like cheddar instead of cream cheese was key in the evolution of pimento cheese and in making it a southern thing. Because the grated cheese needed to be blended together, another southern favorite was bought into the mix. The mayonnaise. <laughs> ah, the mayonnaise. Um, <laughs> cream cheese might not have been as available or popular in the South at the time. Um, home cooks started adding other ingredients to their taste, from pickles to jalapenos. It was a popular food to bring to potlucks, funerals, to serve on sandwiches or crackers, a very communal kind of gathering food. Yeah, yeah. The story goes that the founder of Regional Mayonnaise Dukes, Eugenia Duke, sold pimento cheese sandwiches to soldiers in South Carolina before 1917, which is when she actually started selling her mayonnaise. And in fact, the popularity of the sandwiches and the mayo used in them may be the reason she started selling her mayonnaise oh, in wow. the first place. Huh. Yeah. Their uh, Duke's marketing may be one reason pimento cheese is so popular in the Carolinas as well. Perhaps the most national attention pimento cheese has ever gotten, though, was due to the Masters Golf Tournament, <laughs> which takes place every April in Augusta, Georgia where pimento sandwiches are a popular choice at this event. Um, here's where the sandwich controversy comes in. <laughs> uh -huh. um, from Luke Fader, or Fater, perhaps, at Atlas Obscura, an event so wedded to perfection, so shrouded in its own tradition, is surely one of the last places you'd expect to find successive episodes of food-based spite politics. Yet here we are. <laughs> Spite politics. I love, I love that. It's so good. All right. So let's let's get into this. Okay. Spite politics. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pimento sandwiches have long been a popular option at the Masters, with attendees lining up to get their hands on one. Uh, in the beginning, these sandwiches were made by one man, South Carolinian Nick Rangos, who was very active in the Greek community around Augusta. Several caterers tried to crack this code around his secret recipe and get to the bottom of the secret ingredient. <laughs> Many speculated he must have used Duke's mayo since he was from South Carolina and or that he may have used Greek seasonings. Mm. Mm -hmm. One recipe published by the Junior League of Augusta suggested using blue cheese and light mayo. 
This did not sit well with many people, <laughs> especially people from Rango's home state of South Carolina, where only Dukes is acceptable. Rango's caught the attention of the masters in the 1960s due to the fan base he'd built by selling his pimento cheese sandwiches out of his South Carolina drugstore. The Masters organizers got rid of the husband and wife duo that had been in charge of catering previously for this event. And for 45 years, Rangos and his children, Billy and Stella, made enormous amounts of homemade pimento cheese for the tournament. And from what I read, they would, like, drop it off at the border. (laughs) Like, (laughs) take the cheese. Um, People loved it. And it became an icon itself. Like, that was the thing you got when you went to this event. Yeah, yeah. According to journalist Andy Bull... The Masters Pimento Cheese must be the most famous sandwich in all of sport. Oh, wow. Yeah. About 20 years ago, the Masters decided not to renew Rango's contract. The reasoning is unknown, but Rango's was very unhappy about it. (laughs) Rango's took the recipe with him to the grave in 2015 despite repeated requests for it. His replacement... Ted Godfrey, who ran a chain of fried chicken joints called Wife Saver, did his best to mimic the recipe, a process that took months and a lot of cheese. Uh, yeah, it is, it is a blend of multiple cheeses, and apparently he went through 33 different cheeses trying to find the right blend. Yes, yes. When he continued to struggle uh, to, get, to get to the bottom of this, a tournament worker gave him a batch of Ringo's Pimento cheese that they had frozen— Godfrey did his best to reverse engineer this, but the master's committee still is not satisfied with the result. (laughs) So Godfrey went to the original supplier for an ingredients list, but still the result did not meet expectations. (laughs) Then, according to him, the secret ingredient came to him in a dream. Finally, he'd nailed it down and people had no idea about the switch. The sandwich switch that happened. (laughs) He also refused to share the recipe when he was replaced by in-house catering in 2013. And the thinking on on this switch from Godfrey to in-house catering was that it was best to use all in-house vendors for, like, health inspection purposes— But Godfrey was real salty about it. He says that he offered to sell it to them in exchange for a couple of series badges, Masters series badges, which um, are these high-demand tickets that grant you admission for all four days of the Masters tournament and which are only sold to patrons of the tournament, which is an exclusive list that I don't think you can even apply to join at the moment. Like, someone has to die (laughs) in (laughs) in order for a spot to be opened up and then... If they have a living spouse, the spouse is offered the bat. Anyway, um, it's a whole thing. And even if you are a patron, you have to apply to buy a badge. And it's not, like, guaranteed that you're going to get one. Like, the plastic badges from previous year's events are collector's items. Anyway, like, it was, like, kind of a big ask. Mm -hmm. And they said no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he left <laughs> and not happy. And he this him leaving caught the attention of patrons and the national news. Neither of their families, uh, Godfrey Rangos, will comment when asked about the recipe. A reporter for ESPN interviewed Godfrey that same year in an expose that came to be known as Pimento Gate. 
Um, while Rangus once claimed there was no secret to the recipe, Godfrey told ESPN, I cannot tell you what the secret is, but there's a secret there. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> like sibling stuff. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Uh, yep. Um, now that their dirty pimento cheese sandwich laundry was out, because again, this is an event that prides itself on being like so meticulous and uh-huh. everything being under their control. Employees at the Masters struggled to recreate the recipe with fans knowing what was going on. So they had like this added pressure of now people are really going to be paying attention. Um, <laughs> food bloggers took on the project as well, including blogger Gina Dixon, who in 2016 took a crack at reverse engineering the recipe based on the ingredients list printed on the back of one of the wrappers that she had. It only took her a few hours according to her. Um, and she is somebody who has been a lifelong attendee from like childhood of the masters and enjoyer of their pimento cheese sandwich. Her recipe, in her words, is pretty close to the real thing. Um, of note, the sandwich is and has pretty much always been a dollar and 50 cents. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the brand that's responsible for putting together the tournament is called Augusta National. And uh, yeah, they, they keep the food at the tournament inexpensive in general, I think as a, as a nod to tradition and also to avoid customers who have already paid a premium for tickets feeling like they're being gouged on snacks. Um, they apparently right. pull in just $10 million a year from concessions, but that's of a total of $120 million a year. And so... Small, yeah. small percentage. Yes. Um, and I I was really tickled by, in that Atlas Obscura article about this, um, he called out one of his friends uh, who tried to spend $40 on food at the Masters <laughs> and like couldn't do it and, and like, almost failed. got really sick. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. no. <laughs> yeah. So everything, the food is pretty cheap. Nothing else. but Nothing yes. else, but. <laughs> right. Uh, as more and more Southern authors started writing about pimento cheese, uh, this pimento cheese that they had grown up with uh, that had been made by family members, something they were nostalgic for, had this fondness for. Pimento cheese became more well-known and garnered more respect. Uh, Yeah, starting around in the 1990s, recipes began appearing in cookbooks again. As Wayne wrote in his Lister Mail that inspired this whole episode, the Southern Foodways Alliance hosted the Pimento Cheese Invitational in Oxford, Mississippi in 2003. <laughs> um, over 300 folks submitted recipes and wrote essays about their experiences with pimento cheese, what made it special to them. The winning recipe from Nan Davis used her aunt's recipe that called for homemade mayo and a blend of Worcestershire sauce, onion powder, sugar, and red pepper. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, as the Southern cuisine trend heated up in the uh, 20 aughts and 20 teens, um, pimento cheese spread. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Never more, apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more widely across the United States, um, to the point that it was listed by Bon Appetit as a food trend in 2011. Ooh. I would love to hear from other listeners. Uh, outside of the South, if there's truth to that or if uh, pimento cheese has infiltrated uh, <laughs> other areas. Curious. Uh, I so Oh, goodness. I forget what article I was reading this in, but there was one piece I, I, I read preparing for this episode that was talking about how Southerners have seen pimento cheese referred to outside of the South and about oh. how, like, about how, like, you can... 
get dishes that include it in, you know, like anywhere in the country, but it might be called like pimentos and cheese or mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah. or like a cheese and pimento spread or right. something like that where it's just like it's like well you were real close. You were you got <laughs> right you, there. You got near it. <laughs> right. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, once we are able to safely start traveling again, we'll have to keep an eye out. Um, Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think that's what we have to say about pimento cheese for now. It is. Uh, and we do have some listener mail for you. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener. listener. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Have I mentioned I'm terrible at golf? Yes, I have. Uh, <laughs> even listener mail chimes with golf uh, themes. Not good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I also, um, I, I, I even suck at putt-putt. Like, I'm not, I'm just generally, yeah, I, like, just never learned how to do it. I cannot hit a golf ball with a full swing. 
<laughs> with a golf club. I, I think that's impossible and mm. that people who do it are magic. So <laughs> Valerie wrote, I listened to the root beer episode and some letters about whether or not people like root beer and everybody talks about it as if there is a single flavor called root beer. But in my experience, different types of root beer taste very different from each other. I don't drink sugary beverages anymore, but back in my youth, Hires and A&W root beer were sweeter and entirely differently flavored from Barks. The two flavors are so different that to me, they might as well be entirely different beverages. To me, Barks tastes very medicinal and unappealing, while my childhood self likes Hires and A&W quite a lot. The sugarier, the better. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's sort of the, you know, not everyone has a a strong opinion about this, but the Coca-Cola Pepsi debate where they're oh sure pretty similar. But to me, Pepsi is sweeter. Back when I drank soda, Coca-Cola was the only way. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's also a very Atlanta thing. Um, Yes. Because here you you, you grow up with Coca-Cola products in more restaurants than not. And so, yeah, I... Coming from a family from the North, uh, grew up with Pepsi products. And so as like a teenager, when I started seeing more, like like I, I went to the University of Florida and that is a Coca-Cola campus. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, what is this and why? <laughs> My eyes widened in outrage. <laughs> I was like, is this, am I talking to a Pepsi person? <laughs> And to be clear, again, I don't even drink either. Yeah. <laughs> but still. Yes. Um, I, I, Coke, if y'all didn't know, is is based in Atlanta. So it's, uh, yes. it's a very Atlanta thing. Yeah. At any rate, uh, Bob wrote, Just heard the episode on sesame. Enjoyed it a lot, but when I heard you talk about the uses for sesame, I noticed you left out breakfast. In our home here in China, a frequent addition to the breakfast lineup that our son would choose before leaving for college was glutinous rice balls. Um, They're, as the name implies, small, white, somewhat squishy balls about the size of ping pong balls and filled with a sweet-ish black sesame filling. Other fillings are available, but the sesame one is the most common, a.k.a. sweet sesame dumplings. Uh, P.S. If you want a recipe for the perfect dumpling dipping sauce, at least in my mind, it goes like this. A couple tablespoons of a good dark vinegar, a teaspoon of minced garlic, a teaspoon or more of homemade red chili oil with plenty of chopped red chilies in it, and a quarter teaspoon of sesame oil. Throw in a bit of freshly chopped cilantro, stems, and all. Never soy sauce for me. That's more of a southern China thing. If you don't have any homemade chili oil, it only takes a minute to make, and the extra will keep for a long time. Just put a couple tablespoons of red chili flakes, uh, like you might put on a pizza, into a shatterproof bowl, like uh, the size of a rice bowl, uh, and then heat up enough oil, olive oil, or some similar light-tasting oil will do. When it's really hot, like close to boiling or smoking, just pour it over the chopped chilies. I usually make about a three-quarters to one cup worth and use it on lots of stuff. Tempted to do it with ghost chili flakes, too. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Oh, right? Yeah. Goodness. Oh, that sounds really good to me. Um, oh, now I want to try. I've never cooked with ghost chili flakes. Oh, no. <laughs> I think that could be a disaster I don't feel like I, or I mean, you'd probably enjoy it, but gosh, that's a lot. I'd be like when I'm. Eventually, I feel like the foods I make, it's just like, how many hot sauces can I add in here before it's ridiculous? And I feel like that's what would happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. With the ghost chili flakes. It'd be kind of a arms race of spice. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And um, oh gosh, those are uh, those little uh, glutinous rice uh, sesame paste filled things are some of my absolute favorite things. Um, I love, uh, I've only ever had them in the context of dim sum. And uh, in America, mostly, I mean, like, I understand that it's like meant to be a brunch kind of situation. Um, but like, I've never had it at home. And when I go out, it's usually like a like a lunch to dinner kind of situation for me and my friends. So right, right. They are delicious. When you oh, so good. Any kind on. of any kind of glutinous rice related dumpling is probably my favorite. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very sudden craving. I was not expecting. But, yep. <laughs> you know, you leave the pimento cheese episode with with the, a dim sum <laughs> craving. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it happens sometimes. Um, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. I forgot where we are for a second. Uh, all three places at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.